The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We've just spent the last probably 20 minutes just debriefing headlines of everything that's going on, <laughs> which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. That's exciting. And the most exciting thing we do have to talk about, you're listening to this on a Friday. It's real. It's a thing. We are going back to Germany in 2017. It is the week of Labor Day. Yes. Dates are actually September yes. 7th. Pardon me. September 3rd through the 7th. That's Labor Day week. Right. We're right. doing The Ring, a road tour day, and spa. If you're interested in going with us, all the info is on the website, everydaydriver.com, the adventures tab. It's a thing. You can sign up. I'm not kidding. You can go right now. It has gone live. We are very excited to share this. We've already gotten uh, you know a few advance signups yeah, here yeah. going on. Mm -hmm. The trip is already bigger than last year's, as a matter of fact. Which is crazy. The folks that we took last what year. What happened is that when we dropped that piece about last year's trip, we dropped that video. Yeah. We also opened up uh, kind of not pre-registration, but kind of pre-info. You could put in your mm -hmm, info and mm -hmm. get info. And we actually opened it up to those folks a few days ago, and a lot of them have jumped on already. So the trip already has, like you said, it's already hit like half full. Which so, is amazing. Which is awesome because it yeah. means we're definitely yeah. going. It's going to be a blast. And I'm <laughs> so already many thinking about options. it. And it's, it's months and months yeah. away, and I'm already excited, which is possibly bad news. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be incredible, everyone. We're excited to announce it. So as Todd said, go to the website to find out more details. Everything has been announced. We would love to take you. We've been talking about this now. This is our... Third year in a row going? Third year for you and I, I to go in, in the fall. Yeah. Wow. Now, obviously, our second year for the trip, but the third right. year that right. you and I have gone in a row, which is just nuts to think about. Of course, Tom is somewhere that. asleep at this news because he lives 45 minutes yes. from the ring. <laughs> so he's just like, whatever. <laughs> he Dang. sent me a photo today of him driving the, uh, the crazy matte blue... 911 GTS that he's driving right now. Oh yes, of and I he did. told him to please stop sending me such messages because I was insane with jealousy. But other than that, you know, yeah, I noticed he didn't send it to me. Mm -hmm. Well, he he, he, he probably to, knew he wanted to control the fallout just a uh -huh. bit. Yeah, yeah, it's probably wise on his part. Anyway, well, guys, yeah, we're really excited to announce this year's the 2017 pilgrimage trip, and uh, we'd love to have you. So it's out there. We'd love it if you could go. Please consider it. Check your bank account. And, and it's, uh, and it's an it. annual thing. So if you can't go yeah, this year, yeah. you're thinking about it in future years, we intend to do this indefinitely once a year. And we are, I know we've teased it. Until we're 100 years old. Hey, we're why, doing this. Why not? Why, There's those old guys again. Those, those stupid old Americans again. <laughs> Bring it. I love that exactly. idea. But, you know, also we are going to do one, possibly two U.S.-based trips. And I have to say this, now that we've gotten pilgrimage kind of up on its feet, we can start right, thinking about right. those trips for the fall as well. So those will still happen. I know we tease it a lot, but we promise that'll happen. We've got a cool email follow-up to cover tonight. We're going to try to do better, as I've said before, about when we get email follow-ups from you guys, just cover them right away. We've got a really cool one from Shane, two cool car debates, one from Jeremy writing into us, and also we've got another one from Michael, and many, many, many questions. Gobs. Do you see how many questions are on Instagram now? Yes. It's great. Every bit as much as on Facebook It's great. Now. I love it. I can't I love believe it. it. Anyway, well, Shane's email here is a follow-up to the kid seat, the three-across mm -hmm. child seat. If you guys remember that podcast, yeah. I don't have the number in front of me, but if you go back, we, we talked about three kids in a row yeah. across in How the How do you do seat. three car seats? And one of the big things we talked about was it, it depended on the car seat. 
Right. And he was writing to us from the D.C. area and telling us that he is now, <laughs> for better and for worse, the father of three, which <laughs> and all young enough to all need car seats. And he kind of wrote us with a gulp and said, all right, guys, what takes three car seats? He has written us back since to say that he has discovered you can do three car seats across in the back of a Fiesta ST. <laughs> exactly. I'm shocked. Exactly. Well, he did say it helps having a wife... Or a spouse who's five foot three or shorter, <laughs> even though his wife is five foot seven. So that's a conversation for their marriage counselor. Which yeah, that's a problem. They don't have because they can't afford a marriage counselor. So because they have three kids, I guess yeah. we're the marriage counselors. Frightening. Stop. Back for, away. Back okay. away from. All right. We all actually, right. but we have How coming up here. We have a relationship question coming up on the podcast. Uh, our second car debate is it, <laughs> no, it's the first car debate is writing in. Jeremy yes. actually is asking us relationship questions, and the second is also relationship it's, for his girlfriend. Yeah, it's it, this is bad. <laughs> it's it's I, all. We, into one backed our way podcast. into a relationship discussion here, but that's fine. We'll tackle that. But I wanted to cover Shane's email because it's it's simultaneously amazing and also that kind of thing where I'm not entirely sure what to say. <laughs> this is great. All right. So this is in the category of fatherhood and sharing the disease mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with your kids as he writes to us. So um, after his third son was born, he got sick after birth and spent two weeks in the ICU and Shane was listening to our podcast in the ICU waiting, mm -hmm. just waiting in the hospital, which is amazing, but it gets funny. So, uh, his son's name is Max and he's now a healthy five month old at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But during his stay in the hospital, he listened to about 25 or so podcasts with Shane. Yeah. So, so Shane's there hanging out with his son yeah. in ICU, listening to the podcast, sharing it. I don't know. I mean, were you sharing headphones? Was this on the speakers? It's, it's the earbuds. How Maybe was this done? That, that, split the earbuds or something? But you, but you were sharing that with your son, and it was helping you pass the time. And just kind of, let's be honest. Yeah. That is about as stressful a situation as you're ever going to be in as a human. So he's just finding yeah. any escape. Yeah. And we happen to be that escape because we're just two idiots to talk about cars. So that helped. <laughs> but go on. All right. So uh, he was listening to the podcast again with Shane and then listen to another 20 or so podcast during the 3 a.m. feedings that he's been doing in the last few months after he got out of the ICU, which is great. So he, he exited the ICU yep. and now Max has started sleeping through the night, which is great. Mm -hmm. You as a father know this is huge news. Have right? I told you the, the sleeping through the night story from my wife and I? You have, but it's a great story. So the thing, the thing about the 3 a.m. feedings, I'll speak to this as well. What, what happens is you end up, you end up with, there's a negotiation and it might be heated. <laughs> there's a negotiation with the spouse about who takes what feeding because it's every few hours. So right, somebody right. has to be up and conscious. If your wife is breastfeeding, then that, that becomes a whole other problem. Are we going to do a bottle? Anyway, I'm off into the weeds, but the point is there's a negotiation with my wife and I, she started going to bed at 8 p.m. Okay. And okay. I stayed up till about two or three. So that I ended up doing schedules. I ended up doing those later feedings. And right, then she right. was up uh, and I would wake her up when I'd go to bed at like two, three, something like that. And then she would carry on from there. That's how we did it. But anyway, so then at one point, and I don't remember how old my son was. It was only, he was only a few months old. He had not mm -hmm. slept through the night yet. Mm -hmm. At one point I went in and my wife was so exhausted and I saw she was sleeping so soundly. I was like, I can't wake, I can't do it. I can't wake her up. So I went in. We had wow. a we had a bed in my son's room. Okay, we had an actual bed that. for adults in there that. that you could crash you in. in there. So I went in and I, <laughs> I I crashed in that bed and just thought, you know, he's going to wake up at some point during what would normally be my sleep time, and I'm just going to handle it. Okay. From sleeping. Yep. Yep. At about I don't know five thirty six in the morning, my wife wakes up in kind of a panic. 
<laughs> checks the clock. Still dark out. I'm not in bed, but it's almost six. What the heck? What's going on? Where? Where? Why didn't he wake me? What's going? She comes right, running into right. his room to find me asleep and him asleep. She proceeds <laughs> to make sure he's alive, which he is. Make sure he's alive. She kind <laughs> For of sensing of mothers. Exactly. She she kind of hangs out to see what happened. He didn't wake up till seven. First time he slept through the night was me sleeping in the room with him. My wife is still mad at me. <laughs> She's she's still just a little she tells this story with a little later. bit of an edge about I cannot believe you decide to be nice and he sleeps through the night for you. But anyway, so we've got the sleep through the night thing has happened now for Shane and uh so now for the first time because when you do those midnight feedings, oh yeah. You might you might turn on a light, the kid might be over your shoulder. He didn't really see his son's response to the podcast. Right. So right. now he gets to. Right. So here we are after 4 months. Shane got Max to listen to our podcast again during the day while he was hanging out. As Todd said, when he could see his face. Uh huh. And he's attached a picture of probably one of the cutest kids I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I mean that seriously because, you know, just because he's a baby doesn't always mean that is kid the is cute. That is the you terrible have to reality. be like, yeah, yeah, your kid's cute. There's that great wow. Seinfeld of, oh my gosh. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. No, Max is such a cutie. So, he uh he started listening to the podcast again and he he noticed this look on his face that he thought was cute. Oh look, my son's making a cute face while listening to the podcast. Time. That's funny. Right. And then the second time he listened to the podcast, he had the same reaction. He thought, "Huh. Okay, that's that's interesting." And then he tried it a third time and then wondered what's going on. So, then he tested it. Yeah. After the third time, he started running just the start of our podcast, just, just the, the beginning. Just 15, 30 seconds, yeah. Right. And by the time that Max gets to our opening. Our, our tagline. Our yeah. tagline, he starts smiling. And this cute face is what he gets every yeah. time. It's the I'm Todd, I'm Paul, and this is the Everyday Driver yeah. car debate. At that point, <laughs> Shane's son is now grinning. So, so I, I, have, I have two thoughts about this. One, that's an amazing story. When, on, yeah, when we started a podcast yeah. and somebody told me that would happen ever, I would have said no way. The second thing is <laughs> I kind of feel like I need to apologize. <laughs> I mean, we, we have influenced your son from afar. I'm, I'm not sure if that's good news. <laughs> I, I, I mean, thank you, but wow. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with this, Shane. This is just the cutest story, and wow, I, I'm so happy for you and your family. And. Follow the sultry sound of our voice, apparently. <laughs> Max, if, if, if we could give you a high five or a fist bump, because that's what you do at that age. You're exactly. trying to learn the high five. If we could give you a high five, we, we would. Thanks for listening, even though none of this is making sense to you, other than, <laughs> oh, it's those two guys' voices. Right. Hopefully you can pull this podcast out in years to come and then realize yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it can tie it together. I'm the one that always talks about dogs and kids and messes in cars. <laughs> You've that's, got them. Yeah, I have both of the above. And the problem with the dog is the dog goes everywhere. You know, my, my wife has a Cayenne with leather seats. How do you protect that? Yeah. I have to have a cover for the backseat of our car. And Covercraft has an entire canine section. Yeah, not only that, they've got a section for just about everything in your car, from dash mats, the sun protectors, the sunscreens. Those sun are awesome. Those are great. Not to mention the covers. I've been using them for years. If you go to Covercraft, don't forget to use the word debate, the code debate, for free shipping in the U.S. 
All right, so on to the relationship discussion. Uh, you're on with Loveline here, I guess. Well, yeah, watch this it. Entire this, podcast. It's going to be all bad. Yikes! There's going to be uh, if there's an area that I should back away from, just let me know. Just <laughs> if I stumble off into the weeds and there's a thicket of thorns over here, just let me know. Well, but so I, I don't just. I'm going to get go our poor friend first. Jeremy in trouble. I know I am because th- there's a triangle here between Jeremy, girlfriend, and his mom. Yeah, and there's a triangle, yeah. and there's cars related, and and this is just kind of. Jeremy, it's just kind of – Paul would describe it as a room full of rakes. I'm going to describe it as a, as a world of landmines. This What's in could, here? This could go terribly. It really could. All right. So Jeremy lives in Denver, Colorado. Longtime listener, first-time car debate here. And uh, yes, we've chosen it. It is a dangerous topic area. But he and his girlfriend love to do the outdoorsy things. It's what you do when you live in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Mountain biking, snowboarding, camping, road trips, hiking, the, the outdoor stuff. All right? So they love doing this stuff together. And by the way, hi, girlfriend. We don't know your name, but I'm sure you're listening. Yeah, at this point, he's, he said, hey, honey, come here. <laughs> and, and, and what's more frightening is he might have said, hey, mom, you got to listen to this. Right. It's, here, it's here all it downhill. Jeremy, you're in trouble. I'm sorry. And we're tiptoeing. All right. So he's got a 2012 Audi Q5 APR stage one tune, 70,000 miles that he really likes. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's fun to drive, which I'm glad to hear. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. All right. So his girlfriend has an Altima Coupe. That's dying. Apparently, it's on its third transmission, third CVT. Not not only did it have one CVT, they've gone through multiple. What's what's worse than one CVT? (laughs) Multiple CVTs. (laughs) That could be a T-shirt right there. Although I'm not sure I'd want to wish that on anybody. Yeah. All right. So because it's a terrible car, naturally, his Q5 gets all the use. Yeah. And getting shared, hence the recent high mileage. Mm -hmm. All right. So this Audi was given to him. At a very significant discount by his mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's where mom enters. Yep. <laughs> and by accepting this deal, he assured his mom that indeed he would keep the Q5 for a long time mm-hmm. because it was a deeply discounted car. I don't think it was free, but yeah. discounted enough that it made yeah, yeah. it really worth it. And how can you say no to a nice yeah. 2012 Q5, right? All right. So now things get interesting. <laughs> and it's because of the disease. Mm-hmm. Which Jeremy notes is fatal. And yes, it just might be after this podcast. So he misses owning this manual fun car. He loves cars, wants a manual sports car. And of course, as we noted, having the ultimate, his girlfriend needs a new car and wants an SUV. She likes yeah. the utility, yeah. outdoor stuff. So we're painting this picture. You're getting it, right? And You're we should also this. mention that the reason the Q5 is now in their life is because he had an E92 BMW that he liked quite a bit. It wasn't perfect, yeah, but he liked yeah, it yeah. quite a bit. It got totaled by a drunk driver while parked on the street. Tragedy. So when that happened, he didn't get enough money out of it to get a car that he liked. That's why he wound up in the Q5. So this, all of these pieces are interconnected. <laughs> Clearly, your girlfriend needs a new car, wants an SUV. So I know what all, all of you were thinking what I was thinking at this point in the email. Okay, so the girlfriend gets the Q5 and you get a new fun car. Right. I, I Problem solved. What's the problem? Except, except, <laughs> there's lines, always, exactly, everywhere. Where's the ripcord? Exactly. <laughs> this parachute is a knapsack. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so he could buy, I, I love I love your first idea here, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, she could buy a new car. Follow this. <laughs> this guy your thinking girl, right here. This guy is, thinking this is male thinking. This is, uh, honey, I love you. You buy a new car. I'll let you drive the Q5. And while you pay off the new car, I'll drive the new fun car. And she went, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pardon me? Yeah. All right. So uh, didn't go over too well. He own, owns uh, or owes 15000 on the Audi. Mm-hmm. 
of course, any sports car is going to cost more. Yeah. So here's option two. So he's trying to aggregate the debts, combine everything, uh-huh. new car, whatever that is, and the Audi, and then just share the debt. Whatever that ends mm-hmm. up being, we just split it all equally, which also was not a good idea. Also more male thinking in there. And However. How dare you use logic? Now, now I'm going to kind of throw you under the bus a bit, Jeremy. I'm going to say this. There is a way to make option two work. <laughs> and your mom and your girlfriend are both going to laugh right now. Okay. All the right. way to make option two work is you marry her. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's a difficult conversation when she's your girlfriend. Right. Once you're married, all the bank accounts are fused anyway, so it's all your debt. <laughs> it's your, just all air quotes. Welcome to your our debt. everything. Yeah. So you could yeah. marry her, and then you could actually push on option two. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you really like option two, where it's all our debt, which look, as a married guy, I will say it's all our debt. Yeah, okay. My yeah. wife isn't paying off our Cayenne. We're paying off our Cayenne. <laughs> she may drive it all the time, but it's our debt. It's ours. So you yes. could do that. I'm just saying. Anyway, onward. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we have to consider where are you in the relationship status? We uh-huh. don't know where you are. And where will you Is be this... after this podcast? Right. <laughs> 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 Insert <laughs> fight here. No, really. <laughs> okay. So there is some things to think about, you know, how... Where you know where are you guys in your mm-hmm. relationship? Are you yeah. thinking long term? The more long term you're thinking, the better option to works. True, true. Okay, so here's more stuff going on. <laughs> option three. You you thought it was over at this point. She would like to give him the Audi. Or, no, no, sorry. She would like to take the Audi from him mm-hmm. and the remaining debt. So she would be paying so off she, the she Audi. Takes and everything. Her car. Her car now. Kind of keeps it in the family, but she's not family yet. Yes. Because she's still As covered in option two, yes. And he does whatever. He goes, goes out and gets, and gets himself car. a new whatever. Yeah. 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 So now she's keeping the older car, which at this point is 2012. But she's paying for it. Yeah. And therefore, she doesn't have to pay for the new one, which mm-hmm. makes sense to me. But he's not sure he can afford to get the deal on the Audi, deal with mom's wrath, and, you know, with nothing to trade in on a new car because, again, yeah. the BMW was totaled. Yeah. So he would be le- left with zero yeah. and going off and getting whatever. That means starting at zero. Imagine having no car to trade in. It does. Nothing. But I have to say here, that's not <laughs> as bad as it sounds. No, I've done no, that no. a couple times. Okay. Yes. Where, where yes. you you don't have to put money down on a car. You don't have to trade in a car. I know, obviously, look, you have the entire bank note you're now covering. You aren't offsetting it by anything. I yeah, I get yeah. that. Trust me, I get that. But, you know, what is your budget here? Cuz I feel like that's I mean, you're talking about you're looking for something under 40k. Mm-hmm. If you can afford yeah, the yeah. car payment of something under 40k, you can afford to walk in and get that car and not put anything down, I feel like. I I, I you know, or that's, or yeah. or go for 30k. Sure. And then not put anything down. There's plenty of people that will give you 40k. A, Why would you go for 30k? Well, I'm saying I don't get it. I'm saying if he says at 40k he has to have a trade in Oh, then get something right. at thirty k with no trade in. Nothing, sure. Yeah, sure, you sure. can cover that. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think that is the stopper. I think if she wants the Q five, you go get something. And the fact you don't have a trade in, you don't have a trade in. Okay, fine. That's that's. I'm leaning that way for sure. I'm wondering what uh, your mom and your girlfriend's relationship is like. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. What is that situation? What is that like? Because would her now driving the Q five? What is that going to do to the relationship? Would it actually meld things and be a good thing knowing that she's kind of the one and you're keeping it in the family? Or are we creating future mother-in-law issues? Or we this exactly. could go either way. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay, so even more to the story, Jeremy's six foot five. <laughs> so every car fits him. Right. If you followed along with the podcast, right. tall guys have no problems with cars. Yes, he's discovered he cannot fit in the GT86. So he's not wide, he's just tall. He's just too tall. Yeah. So Miatas are completely yeah. out. The RF, All that's he out. didn't even try. It's there, there, There's a running trend here, and it is, I don't fit in cars. <laughs> even the new Evo, the uh, the Evo MR that we talk about all the time, mm-hmm. can't fit in that either. And that's probably legs. I'm guessing legs. Because yeah. the problem yeah. with that car is is you can't – in spite of having – when you get the right model, in spite of having one of the best seats in the industry, it also has one of the worst seating positions. Yeah. How you can do yeah. both in one automobile almost takes work. It's almost <laughs> like they hired somebody that was an expert in ergonomics and said – and they said, fantastic seat. And then they said, please make it terrible. And they went, Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, they did with subsequent models. The very last one, well, when they just removed the then, seats entirely. Then they took out the good seats. The and it was a bad. It was a bad seating position with a bad seat. Yeah. But for a time, great seat. <laughs> one of the best seats in the industry in a terrible seating position, which is actually a skill. Okay. So focusing now on the cars that mm-hmm. he could possibly fit in, used Boxster S or Cayman S, mm-hmm. STI, WRX, M235i, a used S4, maybe stretch for a C7 Corvette. Or possibly a GLA AMG 45 mm-hmm. used, of course. So where are we? Where where are we on this? What um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to just stick to the options of cars here. Okay. I like your M235i. Okay. A 2016 used slightly is 40 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could go do that. Definitely. You've had BMW ownership history. You could go do that. You know you like them. You can fit. Okay. Also, I want to bring up the S5 Audi. Excellent. Very good. Talked about that. The prior gen S5 with a V8 was available with the manual transmission. Mm. The 3.0 supercharged car. <laughs> to supercharged, to, yes. To supercharged is not. So nor was the RS5. And I I looked initially at RS5s, but they're now high mileage. And it turns out those mm. wave-shaped brake rotors caused a lot of brake warping problems. Yeah. And yeah. prepare to change out your rotors every 15,000 miles. So Ooh, that's yay. out the window. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to stick with the S5 as well. Both of these cars, I feel like you can fit in great. Of course, you can go do the Charger, Challenger, Mustang, Camaro thing ad nauseum. You could, but I feel like you're more of a – you need the the refinement. You're looking for that that Euro refinement. That's you know just based on your list here. Well, it says manual or ZF dual clutch. Yeah. You'd like to go uh, rear-wheel drive. You've you've – Embrace the fact that <laughs> rear-wheel drive is possible with good tires. I found my 10-foot pole that I am... Oh, okay. <laughs> that you're going to poke something with. Look out. No, just, just reaching out to the option one and option two from Jeremy. I I, I think... Well, see, I, I don't know the relationship. I don't know where you guys stand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand on the side of optimism. Okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go for very optimistic. Yay. And I'm going to say, give her the Audi. Mm-hmm. Give her the Audi and a wedding ring. Ooh, well, then it's kind of option two, but I take your point. Then it turns yeah. into option two, but yeah. I think that would make her happy. You guys will, you know, you've already made memories in this mm-hmm. car, yeah, yeah. bombing around Colorado, doing the outdoors thing. Yeah. Keep it in the family, air quotes, again. Yeah. And go get yourself a sports car. Either way, I see sports car in your future, but the Audi's got to stay. How does that happen? She's going to drive it. Mm-hmm. She's going to take over the lower debt. She will thank you for it. And this story will forever be entombed in the annals of your history. Yes. Forever yes. and ever and ever. 
Yes, if you're to- together forever, your yeah. mom and, and your girlfriend, a future wife, will laugh about it. If you're not together forever, your mom will run you into the ground with, you remember that girlfriend you gave my Audi to? <laughs> exactly. So either way, there's a story. I'm just saying. Exactly. I mean, we hope for the best, Jeremy, but either way, there's a story out of this. You know, we always say, please write back with what, uh, with what happened. Maybe not. We're going to hear the sonic boom from Denver from somebody, (laughs) but because we're not that far away. I actually think that uh, the Corvette C7 is a great call here if you can get one at 40 or below. And as we talked about on prior podcasts, you can find a few. You could go C6, though. You could have lots of options at C6. You think in Z06, maybe? Maybe, but I, but just in general, the C, get a get a Grand Sport. The Grand Sport's yeah. like the best of all worlds there, yeah, so that's is. a really it good is. one to consider. Yes, you could probably fit in the Cayman or Boxster, either one you would thoroughly enjoy. I think if you're going to go sports car, go sports car. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the STI, WRX. We like those, but I think if you're going to go sports car, go sports car. If you're going to go hybrid, meaning almost a sports car, almost a sedan, I'm going to say to you, why aren't you looking? You loved that E92 BMW, but you had a 335 X-Drive. Why not an M3 of that generation? Yeah, yeah. Fabulous car. Sedan or coupe. And manual transmission all day long. Exactly, exactly. So I think you look at the E92 or the E90 as an M3 and see if your budget can handle that. Because you like that car already and you know you fit. And it was one of those cars we talked about it before. We like people to get different experiences. Sometimes you just get a car taken from you. Your Mm -hmm. BMW was Mm -hmm. taken from you. Yeah. So I'm wondering why that M3 is not on the list. I like the M235i option. I do. But I kind of go, okay, why not Why not look at the M3? It's valid. There. Yeah. That's valid. Jeremy, the first owner uh, of my first Cayman S, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sounds weird to say, but he had- It's a strange uh, sentence, yes. You remember he was a pretty tall guy himself, and I'm pretty sure he had that seat bracket cut down or modified in such a way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, there was a tall man mod there, yeah. There was something there. I mean, he was taller than Tana. He was at least as tall as you, Jeremy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I recall that. And I was still fine with it because we're, you know, Todd and I are still 6'3". I, yeah, I was still fine with it. Yeah. But I, I seem to remember that there was a, a mod on that seat and it felt a little bit lower. So any car that you do end up buying, there are possibilities. There's the seat rail stuff, yeah, you know, for if, sure. If you really want the car... The seat can be modified. It's like you always say, you know, buy the house for the location and the view. Yeah. Everything else you can buy at Home Depot. You cannot Paint get, and you cannot get and... location or view at Home Depot. No matter how <laughs> exactly. much money you throw at them, they cannot solve those problems. Exactly. If you like the car, yes, you can mod seats. You can change stuff mm-hmm. about that. There's plenty of stuff you can do. But otherwise, we're curious. Genuinely, we hope this helps. <laughs> what else was on your list hello, for these guys? Hello to mom and girlfriend, and best of luck to you there. No, I think those are my top two because okay. I think All I right. think something in the Corvette world. That's a car with space, and it's a it's a yeah. great car. And I really wonder about that M3. I mean, the other things he's listed that we've talked about are good, but those were my top two. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy the outdoor activities, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing what you got. All right. So we will move on to Michael. Michael, we don't know where you're living. We don't know where you're at in the country or on the planet, but uh, you wrote to us after watching our YouTube videos for years now. Thank you so yeah, much thanks. enjoying the podcast. Definitely. We really p- appreciate it. He's got a dilemma with his girlfriend as well. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how I put yeah. all these podcasts yep. together? They all went in one It's big just basket. all relationship therapy tonight on the podcast, <laughs> is. which is kind of frightening. <laughs> all right. So at the very beginning, Michael is saying, let us assume the price is irrelevant. And we'll see why which shortly. Is a, which is a terrible thing to tell us, by the way, because now I'm envisioning buckets of cash. Yes. Although, strangely, when I hear a 
no price. Price is irrelevant. I'm always tending to to stick that's, with the That's the when low you price. go conservative, I which go, is bizarre. I back way off. You're perfectly happy to push somebody's budget when they say, yeah. I don't care. You go, let's start low. Let's, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, big fella. Inexplicable <laughs> things are happening on the podcast, yes. <laughs> All right, so his girlfriend now has a Toyota Matrix with a five-speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. There's her car. Yay! <laughs> she loves it. It's a manual. And interestingly, she taught Michael how to drive stick with his car. Now, that is awesome. I have to say that is awesome. She's a keeper, Kudos to the girlfriend. (laughs) She is a keeper. All right. So she loves it. But the car is approaching 200,000 miles. Even Mm -hmm. though it is a Toyota Matrix, Mm -hmm. but 200,000 miles on any car, stuff starts to cost you money. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So what she is looking for, she wants a hatchback or wagon with enough ground clearance for dirt and gravel roads. We've got another outdoorsy. Yeah, which I'm, is great. I'm kind of thinking that's yeah. the case here. She also wants a good amount of cargo space with the back seats that fold flat. You can pretty much find that on any SUV or wagon that's out there. That's true, true, not yeah. hard to find. But this has to be a manual transmission car. I love that. I love that. All yeah. of these possible requirements, yeah. but manual is the one that is non-negotiable. So <laughs> kudos to you and your girlfriend for that. Bravo. You thought we were done there, but we're not. She wants luxury too, naturally. Now, heated seats, heated steering wheel. <laughs> I like how you put it. Exactly. As many things as you can heat in the car. As, as many heated things as possible. <laughs> I do love that description. That that was awesome. All right. So they've driven a Mercedes B-Class, but that is not available in North America. Yeah. They were overseas and drove that. Yeah. And he's looking for help. So here we go. Mm-hmm. What kind of budget are you thinking here to well, start with? Well, I'm, I'm hanging out in a world. I'm assuming that we're talking somewhere on either side of thirty grand, I'm kind of hanging okay. out in thirty okay. to forty because okay. he doesn't he isn't clear, but I get the impression they they're willing to get something and they've got some money. They, I think if it was really low, they would have given us a figure. That's, Probably that's true. My instinct. Probably true. So I'm not going nuts, but the stuff I'm looking at is on either side of thirty grand. Okay, I mean, any sales guy is going to look at that matrix and not give you a great deal on trade in for no, that. No, true. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's uh, that's a something. that's a fiery Viking burial car. I mean, it really is. It, it's just let's see how far this will go off the cliff, honey. It's gonna be exactly. awesome. YouTube gold. That hey, yeah, that that'll that get watched. All right, so um, so you're thinking either 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 side of thirty, which mm-hmm. is interesting. I like that. Where did you guess? I'm kind of in that range. I'm I'm in the twenty five to thirty, probably. Okay. Strangely, and uh, manual transmission hatchbacks easy to find. When you go, grow up to the CUV or even an SUV, much harder to find. True, true. Now, various manufacturers have versions available on their website with the base engine, and they're yeah. buried in there yeah. in the specs, and you can find these manual transmissions that are mm-hmm, buried in there. Mm-hmm. Like the Fiat 500X pop version. Really? You went there, did you? I'm just saying. Okay, it exists. It, it, this is true. It does exist. It's true. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. <laughs> everyone listening. Your head everyone hurts. Everyone listening. If you ever consider the 500 and especially the 500X, please, everyone refuse to take it in the flesh color that they sell it in. Yeah, it's yeah. It looks like a weird appendage growth. It's just all Unwailed. bad. It's it's, and I have seen a few. I, they, I'm praying that the ones that I've seen in Park City are somebody's rental car. I'm guessing that's all they're useful for. Because a 500X in 
Caucasian flesh color is actually the ugliest thing I've ever seen on wheels. I mean, it, it top. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. This tops the Murano convertible and the Aztec. Somebody's going to find a, a photo of one of these. Oh, we're going to be besieged us. by it. But yeah. I've seen it live, and it's it's eye-searing. It's horrific. All right, so I just used the 500X as an example. I know, I know. Here's a better example. The Mazda CX-5 Sport. It's only available in front-wheel drive with the base engine, but it does have a manual transmission. So this is good. I like that a lot, actually. This is a consideration. Dynamically, that'll be fun. It'll be good. Far better than the Fiat 500X. We could keep going with the Subaru Crosstrek, even though that is primarily known for CBTs. You know what we think about CBTs. Mm -hmm. So you could go that that route. But I've landed on the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Sport. I mean, hmm. there's okay. 13 variations of the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. The Jeep Wrangler is their 911. How many it variations is. can it we is. build? Yes. And that's just the four-door. Then you get into the Jeep Wrangler, just the two-door. And oh, they yeah. have 13 variations. Of course. Of whatever. Of course, yeah. But the Sport could be interesting because it's got the six-speed manual. It's not the full Rubicon with all the horsepower and all the bells and whistles. But this could work. Plenty of ground clearance. Mm -hmm. I kind of get the idea that... You just want something you don't have to worry about. Yeah. And you can just kind of the have fun with The it. ground clearance and dirt is, is definitely a factor. Yeah. That and the manual really really yeah. kind of shock us into a corner and just go, <laughs> guys, you don't know where to go. It's like, how did they get trapped here? That is true. But with those, it you, you'd have to kind of choose the right model. But, you know, Jeeps will heat just about everything. Heated seats, <laughs> heated mirrors. Yeah. Because yeah. they're definitely the outdoor vehicle. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're thinking mm -hmm. snow and ice and all that kind of stuff. And so they put more of the heated stuff on their cars, they think about it, yeah. you know, yeah. that that's more at the forefront of their minds than probably other manufacturers that are more of a street, you know, say, uh, you know, golf or sure. GTI or something like that. So I would say that is a possibility. You might have to go up a couple trim levels to get everything you want. You know, heated roof rack, heated door panels. That heated roof rack is key. Heated Those, fender flares. When you arrive, your skis need to be toasty. They it do. Just, it helps. They do. Yeah. This is important. The wax has to be at the right temperature for skiing. <laughs> this is very important. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I had I had two. All right. I had right. two that I thought of, both of which you could get used for on either side of 30 grand. One of them is kind of a usual suspect. You can do WRX or STI mm -hmm. wagon. You got to go yeah. back a gen. Yeah. Okay. But you can get those. And nobody's ever going to question, hey, I'm taking this on dirt. Hey, I'm going to bang around in the gravel. Obviously, you can get it in manual transmission. So that's the usual suspect one. But then I have the SUV answer. That may be a little unexpected, okay. but you can get an 08 to 2010, which is the the second the variation I have. You can get a Cayenne in a manual, That's and it was available right. in a manual in two flavors: the base V6, which you could get for less than thirty grand if you can find them. And anytime I've looked, I've found huh. a couple of manuals banging around in there. So you can get the base V6 with a manual. Right. That's an option. You can also get the GTS in a manual. That's They're even right. less common, but That's that right. generation made a GTS, which is not the turbo. So it's not all the turbo stuff that can break on you. It's just some stuff that can break. So <laughs> it's, it's just it, most of the stuff without the turbo. But you can get the GTS in a manual. That's right. That's, That's right. That's like 400 horsepower. It's a, it's a Cayenne. They're hard to find. Are They're they not, not common, common, but I feel like every time I, cause I, look, I own one now and I still look them up just to see what, what's our car worth, you know, right, and, right. and what, what are, what are the next gen it's coming down to? And invariably, I always find one or two in the nation that are the manuals and it's either the base or the GTS and they just kind of randomly pop up and there hmm. they are. You could get a Cayenne and that heats everything. Hmm. You know, seats, mirrors. That's true. They do a great job. That's, with that's the heat. what made me think of that. Is it's got yeah. they've got fantastic heated seats, great heated steering wheel. The mirrors are heated. 
much, much heat is going on. <laughs> so, in fact, in some generations, the, the back seat, it, it depends on the year and the model, but you can even find them with heated rear seats as well. That's what made me think about right, this. Right. So I know it's random. It's also not common, but they're out there. Porsche Cayenne, the 08 to 2010, which is the back half, the point two of Generation 1. I kind of right. think of it as Gen 2 because they stopped them completely in 07, yeah. but it's still technically Gen 1. You can get them in a manual. There's my wild card. Like it. Like it. Somehow we still worked Porsche into the equation. It I I didn't intend to, but it's it's the it's all of the factors here. It's the heated everything. It's great. It gets there. Hey, I'm sold. All right. Well, uh, Michael, thank you so much for writing to us for both you guys. And uh yeah, we've got to keep the, the gals in our lives happy. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully this does. <laughs> the happy wife, happy life thing is 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 going on. Or the she who must be obeyed thing That's we joked right. about as well. But yeah. That's right. We talk about turbocharged engines so much and how Everybody's much horsepower you can extract. Porsche's turbocharged well, yeah. now. We can't avoid it. Exactly. The turbos are turbo, but the whole rest of the lineup is too. Well, the turbos bring their own problems as well, like heat soak, strain on parts, strain on the engine. But the industry standard test that Amsoil's signature series uses is four times better than their competitors in protection and deposits. That test sounds boring, but they've really exceeded it. Exactly. Well, if you want to get every torque out of that turbo... Go to amsoil.com and look up your car on their lookup table yeah. right there so you know exactly which product to use for your car. All right, moving on to questions. We are inundated once again. Thank you, guys. This is crazy, and they're continuing you know what, to be really well thought out. You know what I just thought of? What? I'm thinking about poor Jeremy that we started with. Yeah. Because he wrote into the podcast asking for help navigating a car <laughs> discussion. And now he's in a conversation with his girlfriend about why haven't you asked me to marry you? And if she, and if your girlfriend huh. didn't bring it up, Jeremy's mom is now calling and going, you know, <laughs> those guys have a point. So I, I Jeremy, I, I'm sorry, or thank, or or you're welcome. I'm not sure which way this goes, but but Either way, one did of you the notice? two. Is we spent more money. We spent more of his money. <laughs> if it's not on a car, we're gonna find something we, else to spend we, it on. We blew the budget because we added a ring. <laughs> We've heard about the purse tax. This is just the engagement tax. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Where should we start? I'm really curious. Uh, what do you have over there? Uh, Cam asked a question not on social media. He sent it on our email. He asked me a question. And every now and then there are those of you that say you don't do any uh, social media, so you send us an email. And a lot, of the, a lot of those every now and then we see them. So I wanted to mention this one from Cam. I think I've answered this before, but I wanted okay. to answer it again. Right. He asked, what do I do other than oh, yeah. the show? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we don't talk about a lot. We talked about it some. If you go back to our uh, podcast number 52, that was one year in, we actually covered kind of our whole history of the show and what we right. do and that kind yeah. of stuff. But I have always done something with the film industry. And currently, what I do outside the show, think of it as, well, we just did that piece for KBB. That's kind of how to think of it. I'm kind of in kind of a freelance editor capacity. There's a place down in Salt Lake I do a lot of work for that does a lot of commercials and corporate video and that kind of stuff. The KBB thing is a perfect thing for to pop up where we're shooting it and we're editing it. Now, that happened to be cars, but we're shooting it and editing it for someone else. Right, right. These kind of freelance things or contract labor editorial or, in some cases, production, that's what I do. So that's why, I mean, it's yep. shocking to think this way, shocking, shocking to think this way. But if you count my college years, I have more than 20 years worth of serious editorial behind me now, including doing a lot of post-production stuff, not in editing, but a lot of other post-production steps at the feature film side for big studios. So I've always been in post, which is funny because I did not set out to be in post. <laughs> I set out to be on the front end of Free, the writing and the, directing, and the directing and wound up most of my paychecks came from post. 
but that affects the show for yeah. the better. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking about post all the way through and, uh, post problems annoy me because I, I want everything to be perfect. That's what's been beat into me over the years. Well, it's the high standard. Well, I will also have, you know, that, yeah, Todd is the editor here, but also, a brilliant screenwriter. You've written over what twenty, twenty-five actual full-length feature film screenplays. More than twenty. And, More than twenty. And, right? I, and I will clarify when when you say that, people think oh, you've had twenty movies made. No, right. No, no, right, no, right. no, no. But I have written twenty screenplays. A few of them got optioned over the years. One of them got made. I've uh, written a lot. It's pretty I've cool. Written a lot. Writing it's, is therapy. What's for frightening you. is to think about the stack of paper that creates. If you lay them all on top of each other, you kind of go, "Really? Wow, <laughs> this is heavy." I had time anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, there's a question from the last Instagram posting that we asked on the last podcast from Mr. Kid 37 Thanks for listening and catching up with us. He was wondering about distracted driving, and he's heard a little bit of, about our discussion in that area. Mm -hmm. And then a comment that he made here is about the rule in his car is that everybody must at all times be buckled up and sitting up straight because he believes that in order for all this tech to work, airbags, seatbelts, yeah, yeah, yeah. position, think of the crash test dummies. Of course. They're sitting in the proper position upright. They're not slouched like humans do. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, not just slipping under the seatbelt, but is this the way it should always be? Ideally, yes. Mm -hmm. But car manufacturers have to realize that humans are humans. Mm -hmm. We're going to do anything. Our feet are going to be on the dash, blocking the, you know, blocking the... I was going to bring that one up. Or the um, passenger side airbag. Yeah. I see people's feet on the dash all the time. Yeah. Not only does that make me grind my teeth, but then I think a safety issue that entirely negates the design of what that system is supposed to do. Yeah. F crazy. I have seen a lot of this, and it's it's typically, and because let's be honest, flexibility plays in, into it here, it's typically well, more women than men. But when you see the person driving... They're driving, mm -hmm. okay? And we're in the U.S. here, so we're driving the left side of the road. But they're driving, and while they're driving, their left foot is on the dash oh, next to the A-pillar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I always think, look, I don't want it to go awry, but if it goes awry and an airbag goes off and there's a collision, what happens to that person? Nothing What's good. What's the chain of events? Nothing good. Because there's yeah. a foot up here <laughs> as high as your shoulder. <laughs> All bad. All bad. <laughs> It's something that uh, I think about as lot, a lot as well, uh, Mr. Kid. But, uh, you know, what can we do? Human beings, as I said, we're going to do what yeah, we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to be comfortable in the car, especially for long road trips. Mm -hmm. You can't sit like that. In an airplane seat, you can't sit that. You can't I mean, sit straight up right. the way upright, people sit yeah. in airplane seats. Yeah. And it's just all kinds of contorted whatever. But they have to design for something. They have mm -hmm. to start somewhere and then work around the problem. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I, I like your rules. I agree. People in the back seat need to be wearing their seatbelts in my car, too. Agreed. That's Agreed. important. People will get into arguments with me that there's no backseat seatbelt law here in this state or whatever state we're in. <laughs> I'm fine. And they're the first to be chucked through the windshield. So yeah. Coming coming past yeah. the driver's uh, side on the process. Right. So, yeah, it's all seatbelts all the time, for sure. I agree with that. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, a great stance to have. And I appreciate it. We appreciate it. But, uh, you know, people are going to do what people are going to do. Yeah, so, there, there's no way to defend for it. Well, it's the same. I know this sounds weird, but it's the same thing that happens in feature film production and post. I know this sounds weird, but I'm going to connect the dots. Okay. When you're doing color and sound, mm -hmm. you know that somebody is going to watch this on their TV that is set way too bright and way too sure. red. Sure. 
that, that just happens. And, and, and the way that most TVs are calibrated You're in the store in sports mode is, or the is movie terrible. Mode or whatever it is. And we would get into conversations with filmmakers where they were like, well, but, you know, I want to make this darker because people have bright TVs. And we were like, you can't, you're chasing a moving target. Right. You, have to, you have to set it up for ideal conditions and let the chips fall. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, this person's going to have terrible speakers and not going to hear the voices. So they need to have better speakers. So what, we can't right. defend for this. It's the right. same thing here. I know it's a weird connection, but it's the same thing here. You have to plan for the safety of an occupant sitting there wearing a seatbelt, sitting up straight. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way to calculate anything else. You don't, you don't know what they're going to do. No, there's no not. way to plan what they're going to do. But that relates to the road trip question that Taylor had on Facebook. Okay. We were talking about people doing road trips and changing the way they sit. Don't put your foot on the dash, folks. But he said, how far do, do we recommend you drive on a road trip? Is it the, let's go 300 miles. Let's just have a cool oh, yeah, day. Or should right. we do 600 plus and blast through and get this done? I'm going to ask you, Taylor, where are you driving? Because that True. changes the equation. If you're driving... From San Antonio to El Paso, <laughs> just get it done, my friend. Just, just how many miles can we do before we're going to fall asleep at the wheel? That's funny. That's how far we need to go. If you're driving through Colorado or fun parts of Utah or somewhere that has nice scenery and winding roads, do the 300 miles. Stop right. at that turnout. Right. And you know what? Take that offshoot and just drive by that beautiful river. Why not? But it depends, I submit to you, entirely based on where are you driving. I did That's a, a good point. Road trip with like my this. wife up PCH. We did like 200 miles a day. And it was okay. perfect. Because it was Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah. yeah. But if, if I was driving to Phoenix, how fast can I get there? <laughs> you know? <laughs> just going down I-10. Let's just get there. Here we go. Yeah. Well, that ties into T. Grig 2's question on Instagram as well. Yeah, it's Ty, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's Ty. Thank you. Uh, he's asking, how do you keep the wife or significant other happy with all this car stuff? Because his is starting to feel left out. Yeah. My recommendation is to plan a road trip. I'm thinking like flying to L.A., rent a car, and drive to Palm Springs. Two hours outside of the city. Mm-hmm. You're out in the desert. Rent a convertible. Get out there, go to a nice hotel, have great dinners. You could do this with Vegas too. Vegas? I'm just kind of Pacific thinking. Pacific Coast Highway? Because Pacific then you'll Highway have to drive across Los Angeles. But Include yeah. her in the trip. Even though mm-hmm. you're wanting to do cars and you want to get a fun car, great. But then, as Todd was saying about you know, pull offs and turnouts, and you know, I'm yeah. not talking yeah, about yeah. the Fork Museum or the biggest ball of twine or the crater monument <laughs> over here. Look, Whatever. honey, a big ball of rubber bands. <laughs> we should stop. Totally different. I hope they have souvenirs. No, we're we're talking beautiful roads and offshoots and all that kind of stuff, and uh, include her in the planning as well. Yeah. I, I'd say that'd be really cool. Well, and I would also say, Ty, what's what's she feeling left out about? Is it that it's taking up your time away from her? Is that the question? Mm-hmm. We're into relationships again. How did this happen? We're just it's keep the all relationship podcast. But anyway, so that's the question. Or is it just that you're into this and she's not? Because if that's the case, then does she want to be included? Yeah, you know, my right. wife has picked up a lot of things about cars kind of because she can't help and get away from it, you know, because I just am into it, which is why we now own a Cayenne. I mean, the the, the terrible joke story was she came to me one day and said, deadpan, <laughs> you know that show you do about everybody loving their car? Yeah, honey, what's up? Yeah, I don't like my car. So we got rid of our Acadia and we got a Cayenne. <laughs> this is how this happened. I didn't set it's out to get my wife at a Cayenne. She best. just, you know, I, I was a big dumb idiot and she walked me right into the story so that's what that happened so <laughs> she didn't kind of use you oh yeah she, well no she just she just laid the chips out with this is how this adds up and yeah. i went yeah that is good math <laughs> anyway uh so that's the question ty is that how is she feeling left out because if it does she want to go to a car show with you you're going to go to cars and coffee take your wife along 
Why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I, I love seeing that. It's great. We've had a lot of people we've seen at car shows like that. In fact, there was a guy not that long ago came up and introduced himself to me at, at a car show that watches the show, and he brought his wife along. And, I mean, that's great. I will say there's two sides of this, though, Ty. It's awesome to include your wife in these things. The question is, how comfortable is she with your driving? Sure. If you're going to do, sure. like, driving trips, that can be awesome. Like Sam Hubinet, the drifting king, yep, yep. is married to a woman who's gorgeous and can drift. And they that drift Lamborghinis works. around the parking lot, apparently. Because, you know, if you're going to get somebody to drift Lamborghinis, you hire that couple and you go go to it. Perfect. Right. That'll be viral in a day. And it was. So, But <laughs> that's the thing. So does your wife want to go on the trip? Does she want to drive on the trip? You could go out yeah. with, a, with a group on a cruise and you drive half and she drives half. You're going to have to figure out her level of interest. I'm wondering if the problem here is it's just taking you away from her. So my question is just you're going to have to balance that, man. Just figure out how to include her or figure yeah. out how to be like, you know what? I'm not going to that car thing, which sucks sometimes, but it's life. I mean, or you could just start buying her car parts. <laughs> Honey, I got you this throttle body. I got you a brand new injector set. Uh-huh. She's going to love that. That's going to go over well. That's, that's going to go over well. I mean, she's included. You're you're buying her stuff. I mean. Frightening. All bad. See the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, a number of you have asked about mid-engines and mountains. Thank you guys for the response that we're getting on that. Yeah. That was the last show on Velocity mm -hmm. that was uh, a full feature-length film but then cut down for television mm -hmm. that is now on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that on Velocity, it now lives on YouTube as well. Yep. And a lot of you have been asking about these roads, which we have covered before. And uh, I'm just going to go right out and say it. Yeah. The main road, one of the – best roads that we encountered was Onion Valley Road out in California. It's outside of Independence in California, Just which is a right. nothing town, and it is a road to nowhere. It is. It is. That top campground was where I told you all about the uh, the sheep, the bighorn big sheep, sheep hanging from the helicopters. Helicopters bighorn sheep, yep. I wish I had had my phone on me to take a quick snap, but when there's sheep hanging from helicopters and angry park rangers yelling at you with radios. And blades spinning 10 feet and, off the deck, yeah. you don't think photo. You just I don't. don't. Think, could you guys, like, hold on right there? This is such a great photo. Just hold Trust it right Trust me, Instagram's going to love this. <laughs> That's not the first thought that crossed my mind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, uh, that particular road is quite something. Although... No onions to be found anywhere in that valley. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why it's called that either. But, but yeah, it's a road that goes. Here's here's the thing I will tell you, though, in general. We picked that road. It is one of many. The eastern side of the Sierras has got tons and tons of great driving roads. Yeah. And yeah. we talked about this before. California is unique in this reality of having a lot of nasty weather in the mountains, and yet all those squiggles on the map are all paved. Mm -hmm. It's not true yeah. in Utah. It's not yeah. true in Colorado. It's true across California which is craziness. And you'll hear all sorts of weird stories about why they're paved. I heard one rumor once that it was uh, Howard Hughes had a bunch of them paved so he could go fishing easier. I mean, I've heard all kinds of weird Seriously? rumors. Why? Who knows? Who knows if any of them are true? Unbelievable. But the, but the one we used, Onion Valley, actually, that goes up to a parking lot that you can do a lot of backcountry hiking and camping to go over a really high pass called Kearsarge Pass. It's at like 11,005. I found it one year. Because I went on a solo backpacking trip, and I drove my 300Z up to Independence and went west and went up this great road the whole time thinking, what is this road? Where does this and go? And then parked it. And I have a really cool photo, actually, of my 300ZX with a loaded backcountry backpack leaning against the back wheel that I took right before I started the trip. So cool. And then I went back in the backcountry for like three days, went over Kearsarge Pass. And then when I came cool. down, 
I peeled the T-tops off the 300ZX because the stink had to get out because I was nasty. <laughs> anyway, but peeled the T-tops off the 300ZX, what threw, threw the uh, backpack in the back, and almost drifted my way back down that road. I hooned that 300ZX. Really? So when that's we came awesome. to shooting that piece, it was like, you know what road we have to do. Yeah. But that's how I discovered most of them was either climbing or hiking. So cool. So cool. And they're paved. It just Can you imagine it's paving equipment that high up? Oh, I know. Way up in the mountains. Yeah. They had paving equipment. Well, and I think of all the roads that, that are here in Utah, that I, how I wish they were paved, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, what else? Ellie, Eli Miller, uh, 64, on Instagram also is asking, is it true that soft-top convertibles are undrivable in winter? Chance's wife will dispute that because mm -hmm. she drives a Boxster all year long. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, there's really no problem. If there's a heavy snowfall, you're going to want to get that cleared off immediately. But otherwise, <laughs> use a protective product and drive, happily drive. I think it's also a little bit more what is the structure of the top. Because if they're more True. kind of the line cabriolet style, they're great. Yeah. If they're the really, really thin old school style, that can get cold. Sure, I, sure. I've driven a Wrangler in the snow, and that is <laughs> not right. a that warm is, experience. That is but it's still doable. And, and think about Wranglers. You see Wranglers all winter long. Talk yeah. about a thin top. So it still works. That's because they have all the heated stuff. Remember I told you about yeah. everything is heated? The fender flares are heated. <laughs> the leaf springs are heated. All bad. All everything bad. is. So did you see uh, Quanton Soup? That's, uh, that's the handle on Instagram. Wrote into us and said, if we could go back in time and uh, tell our yes. just licensed 15, 16-year-old selves we would one day own cars with more than 200 to 300 horsepower, what would our past versions of ourselves say? Two thoughts here. First off, <laughs> I drive a car with less than 200 horsepower now, so that's not impressive. <laughs> However, my car when I was 16 had 94 horsepower and weighed so, 3,200 yeah. pounds, so I have moved up in the world. I think young me would be amazed at the stuff I've driven yeah. However, yeah. I also must say that young me would look at me now and be like, you are old. <laughs> nah, it's all in your heart. Paul Newman drove till he was 84 years old. I'm, I'm just, I know who I was at 16. And I would look at me now and be like, wow, you're old and wrinkled. Because <laughs> I was an idiot at 16, as most people can be. Yeah. I'm with you. Just the cars that you and I have been able to drive and the horsepower wars. I feel like we've that is a very good gone yeah. off the edge and then we've gone further than that with the... the proliferation of electric cars mm. i mean we're talking about a thousand horsepower electric cars and going yep normal that's yeah. that's pretty normal well when we, okay. when when we were when we were just getting our licenses okay it's that world where if you were a car under six seconds zero to 60 that mattered <laughs> if okay? it got to 60 that yeah. mattered you know but now we're in a world where if you want to be impressive you've got to drive a car that does under three yeah yeah and you is... and i have been in things like a model x that does well under three and supercars yeah. that do under three. And that's the part that would be mind blowing. And a 707 horsepower muscle car yeah. that you can buy from the factory. I mean, that's all insanity. It's just unbelievable to me. And, you know, the Mercedes and BMW and Audi power wars that we've gone through. And mm -hmm. now, yeah, all the where everything is going is just amazing to me. But yeah, they're coming down in price and it's just, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's really cool to think about. Do you see uh, Tyler's question? Great, great question, Tyler. Every kid in the 80s, we're talking about the, the old school, every kid in the 80s had a poster of the Testarossa or the Countach. Uh, if we yes, were a kid now, and he clarifies, I think for me, an actual <laughs> kid, not just a man child. Just, Thank you, Tyler. You're right. If we were a kid now, what modern car do we think should be pinned up? Hmm. And I can think of two. One is the Pagani Huayra. 
That's up it's there. just That's it's so there. sensual yeah. and exotic and crazy looking. It is the equivalent crazy of uh, the Countachs and the Testarossas, and then the one-off Lamborghinis. Sure. Sure. Well, I'm trying to think of the one. What was the, the one with Centenaro the? Thank you. The one with like the that. the single cockpit one, and oh, the that one. you know yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all of the crazy Lamborghinis should be on there too because right. they look like something that a child drew, and I mean that in a great way. It's just mm-hmm. I don't care about anything. This has more vents and fins and look guns pop out of the lights. I mean that's what you want on your wall. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I had the Toyota Supra on my wall. I thought that was a cool car. I mean. I also had the Porsche 959. Yes, and you were and you were a bit of a connoisseur of design too. I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about when my yeah. son is ten or twelve. What car poster would I imagine on his wall? And I think it's Wyras and crazy Lamborghinis, and I think that's the world we're in. Paganis, Koenigseggs. Yes, I I still look at Ferraris just as wow. They just yeah. pull off such originality and sensuality. Mm. I mean, there's great design out there, but I mean, still the the La Ferrari. You got to look at that and just be like. Wow, what does that yeah, do? It's appropriately nuts. You're right. So yeah, I, I think in terms of that, I guess uh, this has to preclude or precede my Porsche love. <laughs> Even though I did have the 959 on my wall, it has to precede that because I've never driven a 959, but I'd never driven any Porsche when I was a kid. Sure, kids haven't sure. driven any cars, so you're no. going by just what they look like. You're going by crazy looks. You crazy. absolutely are. You know, all that stuff. Wings and mm-hmm. low to the ground, beautiful shots, all that Absolutely. kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what you're going for. So, I mean, it comes down to design. What, what do you like? Well, then the stuff that just makes you go, wow. Yeah. That that, ha- that excites that little kid in you that you would try to draw on a math book and you can't do that well unless you're Paul. You can't do that well, well until you put the poster up. Exactly. Well, Simon Pollan uh, had an Instagram question here about what brand doesn't have a serious three series competitor or rival that we think is most likely to release one in the foreseeable future, and who would we want to release one the most? He's in Stockholm. Thank you so much for listening, Simon. Yeah, it's cool. I've got to go with uh, the Kia Stinger. Okay. I'm intrigued by this car. Press cars aren't available quite till the end of 2017 yet. Yeah, yeah. But I understand it's a pretty big car. Yeah. I'm liking the proportions, and I like the style of it, mm-hmm. but smaller. It's got to come yeah. down in size. Yeah. The Alfa Romeo, the Quadrifoglio, Julia Quadrifoglio. The Julia like in that. general, yeah. Julia in general. Series, yeah. That's three series. I've got to say somewhere in the Kia range, I, I still don't feel like mm-hmm. Hyundai and Kia have a three series competitor that is a handling dynamics competitor. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. they're competing all day long on price, which they've done marvelously at. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'd like them to really come out with a, a contender. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Hyundai's going to do that with the N series cars. Maybe that are coming out. Maybe, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of hoping that's the case. You know what would be interesting? Hmm. Acura. If Acura did, and they don't, okay. because of course, like the 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 TL is a, is a Honda Accord. And right. I, I get it. Right. But what if Acura did like Infinity does, where they have a genuine rear wheel drive three series competitor? How interesting would it be? Hmm. And I, it's never hmm. going to happen. But if Acura yeah. did a rear wheel drive chassis. Three seri- dedicated three series competitor and really threw Honda the best of Honda at it. That would be a fascinating car dynamically. Sure. That'd be sure. cool. Interesting. 
All right. I, I like that. That's kind of interesting. It sounds like uh, you're either a three series owner or you really like that, you know, somewhere yeah. in that range. Well, it's, it's, it's the right size. It's almost getting, it's almost getting five series size anyway. I mean, I, I, those, yeah. those small ish sedans, I really are a sweet spot, but I wish we had great, great rear wheel drive manual transmission ones. But of course those don't sell. So anyway, uh, Zacchaeus <laughs> wrote into us on Facebook and said, after finding my lack of skill in a driving lesson, how do I get confident? Hmm. And do I have to hmm. go to a track? Two things, Zacchaeus. First off, don't be discouraged. I'm going to tell you two reasons why. You would think, you would think that car journalists are superb drivers, <laughs> and you would be wrong. One would think. Because we've gone to multiple press track events, and, yeah. and please, please don't misunderstand me. Paul and I are not claiming to be fantastic drivers. We've done a good amount of track driving. We've got a good amount of instruction. I think we are both probably twice the drivers we were when we started the show. Yeah. But it is yeah. one of those things where the more you learn about it, the more you go, I'm not good enough. I mean, you really, it is that way. Yeah. Yeah. I would say there are a good number of automotive journalists out there that are going to write to you about the dynamics of a car that don't drive as well as you do, <laughs> okay, which is frightening. <laughs> so first off, be encouraged in that regard. Secondly, you are going to always keep learning. I, I think yeah. even the guys yeah. that are the, the world-class race drivers have things they're working on. Oh, absolutely. Okay? It's never stopping. So I would say do some autocross, and uh, if you can get some track days, great. But just go do Canyon Roads as well. Uh, there's no reason not to. Go in. I honestly think that going in knowing you're not as good as you want to be is helpful. I think that is a safer place to be than I am a driving God mm -hmm. because that's when things go wrong. Unless you're Billy Johnson. Hi, Billy. Thanks for being a fan. Well, yes. He was drifting for GTs after lap two. No, no. Let me clarify further. He was drifting a Ford GT he'd never driven before. It was the That's 05 right. Right. that he borrowed. And the second lap, <laughs> he was tail out the whole way around the track, something I don't think the owner had ever done. And he got, came and was like, hey, thanks for letting me drive it. <laughs> sure, Billy. Billy's awesome. And thanks yeah, for is. following the show. But, but yeah, but, but, but I guarantee you, when we have him on the podcast, I'm going to say a crazy sentence. I like this. Once he does Lamar this year, <laughs> then we need to have him on the podcast. He I said agree. he wants to come on, but we need, he he needs to be after Lamar. But I guarantee you, if we have him on the podcast and we ask, I bet you he could tell us two or three things he wishes he was better as as, as a driver. Sure. I'll bet you he had longer lessons. Standing there all day, I can guarantee you there's nothing about his driving. I was like, you know, <laughs> Billy ought to work on that. <laughs> Come on over. Let me, let nothing. me give but you some I guarantee insight. you. So, so be encouraged, no. Zacchaeus. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. It's always, always learning. Alex Bettoloni is asking, what is the most difficult manual transmission to use in a car that we've driven? Lotus Elise. You think so? Done. Really? It's not smooth. There's no smoothness. Second to third is fine. It's not, yeah. But the downshift, the heel toe is great, but uh -huh. then the gear, as we said, with the, the slots, the, the mm -hmm. slots home in different yeah. gears, they're oddly spaced. Yeah. So I think from, you know, yeah, yeah. Ah, heel toe is, is not as smooth as it could be. Or maybe you just need to own one and get practice and let me drive yeah, it a lot. I would love to get into the place where it doesn't bother me anymore. However, you know, I have to say, side note, I want to come back to this, but side note, you know, we drove this Elise recently. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and we shot it. And I'd never had this experience before. When okay. we were done with that shoot day, I had driven to the shoot in my car. We were done with that shoot oh, that's day. Right. I climbed that's right. right out of a Lotus Elise into the FRS. And? And it felt like a barge. <laughs> It felt enormous. Anything it, will, though. I know, but it, but it, was, fa it was fascinating because, look, it's 700 pounds heavier than the Elise. 
Sure. And it's, it's probably a foot longer. Yeah, exactly. In, in, in the range of any kind of normal car, <laughs> it is a lightweight. Yeah. And it was fascinating how, comparatively, how much larger and insulated it felt. Now, it's still a sports Get car. Get S-Class here and drive home. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. What but, the... but I was also struck by, now that you bring it up, I was struck by the fact that the seats and seating position in the FRS are superb. They are. Yeah. yeah. And the gearbox feels great. It does. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. You know, you think the Elise Honda is not good enough. You're right. Yours, the Elise just isn't good enough. I, I wish it were better mm -hmm. to suit that car. Slick, smooth. There's, there's all aftermarket that kind of stuff. stuff that kind of fixes it, kind well, of sure, makes it better. Sure. But I agree with you. It's, it's not. It, but. It's not good enough from the factory. It has yeah. a surprising yeah. amount of wiggle. I don't know that it's the worst, but it has a surprising amount of wiggle. I think when you get into those economy cars that are the economy version that happens to have a manual, that's just no fun. It's just awful. All right. Uh, anything else on your mind? No, I think we've covered it. I mean, thank right. you guys for listening. Thanks for rating. Thanks for sharing. That's what keeps us in the top 10. So thank you very much for uh, being involved with the podcast. We love the questions. It's more and more every time. <laughs> we love it. Also, avoid the relationship questions. <laughs> no. Well, hey, no, we're, we're happy no, to walk into the room full of rakes on that. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. Hello, guys. Hope you're doing okay now. <laughs> yes. Uh, hello, moms and girlfriends. Uh, Take but, them both uh, out to dinner. Yeah. That's a starting place. <laughs> Get everybody. Start there. <laughs> anyway, but uh, we've also, of course, the pilgrimage trip is out. The Blu-rays still exist. There are two more episodes of TV that you have never seen on YouTube yeah. that will eventually be on YouTube. We've got uh, a drift episode coming up in about a week, and then we have um, we have the GLA, CLA, and um, pardon me, the GLA, Macan, and Jeep episode yep. is one of the episodes on TV that will find its way. Yep. We also have. Alpha Julia Quadrifolio versus M3 that we're very excited about. That's coming too. This is going to be fun. All right, we will leave it there. Thank you guys. If you've got your own debate, write to us on the website and Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. Thank you guys for listening, for watching, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>